This is Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser and Jason Kelly on Bloomberg Radio. Cor Schultz, CEO of Teva Pharmaceutical, truly a global uh, executive in, in many ways. And this has been quite an assignment for you over the last couple of years, really coming to the end of a, a two-year, pretty intense restructuring. Uh, tell me what has been going on. Tell me what you essentially inherited two years ago. Yeah, so so it has been a uh, a very big restructuring, probably one of the biggest in the pharmaceutical industry. And the situation when I joined Teva was really that the company had a very tough situation. It had done an acquisition here in the U.S. of a company called Activis, mm -hmm. uh, which was Two another leading generic bulk. company, and had taken on debt to the tune of more than $34 billion. And then it had run into a price uh, spiral down on the whole U.S. generic market, and at the same time, its big blockbuster Copaxon went off patent. Right. So it was sort of facing uh, a loss of revenue to the tune of potentially $5 billion, and its earnings were around $5 billions, uh, which would wipe out the earnings, basically. Right. And uh, then it's not good to have $34 billion of debt if you don't make any money. Right. So, so that was a situation when I started talking uh, to the board about taking the position as CEO. And the simple math was that this could only be handled if we could reduce the cost dramatically because we do, couldn't do anything about Copaxon going off patent and we couldn't really change the U.S. generic situation short term. So we started the restructuring plan, uh, which has been now executed over the full year of 18 and 19, where we reduced the number of manufacturing sites by more than 20 from 80 to below 60, the workforce by more than 13,000, and closed a lot of offices, laboratories, yeah. and so on. All in all, reducing the total spend base by three billion US dollars, which basically leads you to that the revenue dropped five billion, the earnings went away, we saved three billion, so now we still make three billion. Right. Which is enough to really serve the debt, which we've also managed in the meantime to bring down from 34 billion to now just below 25 billion. So, so the math is relatively simple, and yet this is a complicated process. At, at what point did you feel like along the way, along this sort of two year journey, uh, okay, now we are sort of on the right track? Was there a, a key decision? either a key closure or a key investment that you felt like was an inflection point? So um, I'm not saying this to be bragging, but uh, I felt that from the beginning that the analysis uh, I did showed that this could be done. Yeah. And I immediately created my new management team when I started. Within 10 days, I had appointed the new management team. And when I'd done that and I knew that they were on board, I was pretty convinced that we would do it. Interesting. Uh, we had a little bit of political challenge in Israel with the Israeli government, with uh, Netanyahu, but we overcame that and stood, right. our, stood our ground. And uh, we have basically executed the whole plan the way uh, we, we laid it out in the beginning. Right. We are actually now in the next phase, which links to our long-term financial targets that we put out two years ago, because now we're getting to the phase where we can grow modestly, but we can grow again on the top line and grow the bottom line, grow the earnings. And we can also start optimizing on a more granular level the whole uh, global value chain. Right. And so as you think about the the pipeline, uh, as it were, we've only got about a minute left in this segment. What are you singularly most excited about? So what I'm excited about that we have created a very focused pipeline focused on biopharmaceuticals, right. both innovative biologics and biosimilars. 
And we have, a, I think, a great pipeline now of some 25 projects, some of them very, very innovative, some with partners, like we have a product called Facinomap with Regeneron, new pain medication, a biologic, which will be fantastic if it passes through the phase three. And we have uh, launched some exciting new biologics, such as a Jovi, which is a treatment for chronic migraine, which mm -hmm. is fantastic as well. So I'm very excited both about the pipeline and about the fact that we've stabilized our generic business. Right. All right. You are listening to Bloomberg Business Suite. Jason Kelly here in New York City. Alongside Cor Schultz, he is the CEO of Teva Pharmaceutical, based in Tel Aviv here in New York City today. So tell me about, Cor, the outlook for 2020 as you look ahead. You're through this restructuring. So what does the rest of the year look like? So this year looks a lot more stable than we've seen in the past. Yeah. We've had very big dynamics with loss of revenue on Capex and with big changes in the generic revenue. For this year, we expect a more calm development. Mm -hmm. We'll still lose a little bit of revenue on, on Capaxon, but then we will have growth in both our anti-migraine drug, uh, Ajovi, and the movement disorder drug called Osteto for Huntington's disease and tardive dyskinesia. They will both be growing. So we'll get a nice marginal growth on revenue. The generic business worldwide, we expect to be roughly stable. Right. So uh, we are expecting a modest growth in revenues and a modest growth also in earnings and, and a good strong cash flow. So th this uh, might not seem terribly exciting, but it's a major uh, change from the last three years where we've had you know significant reduced revenues, significant reduced earnings. So we're sort of turning yeah. a corner slowly here. And I've been saying before that 19 would be the trough year, yeah. so the bottom of the trough. But now we sort of getting to where the trough starts to s slowly slow up, slow right. upwards, but not dramatic. Well, and in some uh, ways, I would imagine uh, maybe a little bit boring is a little bit good at this point after a couple of years of drama. I can tell you boring is definitely good and, <laughs> and hitting the guidance is definitely good. So, uh, so I like boring. Yeah. Korschultz still with me. He is the CEO of Teva Pharmaceutical based in Tel Aviv here in New York City today. Thank you for uh, hanging with me. Let's talk about the world of generics because here in the United States, I feel like especially it's so important given the cost of drugs, the cost of healthcare. Help me understand the economics of it both for you and, and candidly for our listeners and viewers out there as they think about their own health. Yeah, let me try and, and give you a little bit of the big picture. The way um, drug discovery has been organized in, you would say, the Western world for a long time since the Second World War is really that companies have been incentivized to innovate and find new drugs. Mm -hmm. But because it's so risky, 99 out of 100 projects that you initiate fail, there's been sort of an extra premium given, which is basically the patent legislation. Now, this has worked really well and has made that uh, investors are willing to take the risk and invest in drug development. And we've seen a phenomenal development over the last 50 years of many new drugs coming to the market. Now, the way it then works is you get patent exclusivity for a period, let's say 10 years, and then uh, when the patent expires, generic manufacturers will take over and will manufacture the drug and it will become much, much cheaper and it will be widely available worldwide. Mm -hmm. So not just in the US, but worldwide. Now, this, in principle, is a very good model because it secures long-term, very cheap uh, supplies of all kind of uh, drugs, and it also secures that there's investments in, in new uh, products. So what's happened over time is, of course, more and more products go off patent. So today, way more than 90% of all pharmaceuticals used in the United States 
is generic uh, products. Now, we are the leaders in that, so we produce, you know, more than one out of ten uh, pills, tablets, wow. medications, injections that are taken every year, every single day in, in the U.S. They come from us, come from Teva. And uh, worldwide, we're the leaders, we're the biggest manufacturer worldwide with, uh, you know, many, many factories around the world, and we do a lot of different products. So what's been happening then uh, and, and hurting us a little bit financially, and we now adjusted to it, was really that we had been accumulating many different companies, 20 mergers over 20 years. And then all of a sudden, the FDA started approving a lot of Chinese and Indian manufacturers, mm-hmm. and prices on U.S. generics went even lower. Some of it even went so low that we couldn't compete because the manufacturing cost in India or China is significantly lower for a lot of reasons, uh, the cost of labor, environmental right. laws, and so on. So we had to say to our customers, well, uh, we can't go to this price level and be sustainable. Now, we provide a high-quality product. We secure uh, deliveries, secure supplies. And we had a good conversation with the big customers, which are from the three big buying groups, three big uh, groups that also include pharmacists and so on. And I think we reached a good uh, compromise where we still supply very, very cheap medication, but at a level where it's sustainable. And And this is very important because if you have a product like um, you and I just talked about EpiPen. Right. If you have a product where there's only one supplier and the patent has expired and that manufacturer gets some quality issue or some manufacturing issue, then it's a real issue for society that there's not the backup suppliers. Right. So uh, ideally, when a product has gone off patent, you would like to see at least two or three uh, companies get approval and you'd like to see a much cheaper price but a sustainable price where you have safety of supply because for the public... It's important that prices come down, but it's also important that the quality is always perfect, Mm -hmm. and it's important you can always get the drug when you go to the pharmacy. And that's really, you know, what what I want to ensure is that the products we do at Teva, they're always the right quality, and you can always depend on that you can get the product. And I'm very happy that uh, with our generic uh, EpiPen, we've been able to say that anybody in the U.S., if they go to the pharmacy and they don't have the original product, they can always, within 24 hours, get it from us. Interesting. And we ship it within 24 hours to any pharmacy. So in the explanation you just gave, one of the things that becomes clear is drugs— Drug pricing, setting aside even R&D and development, is complicated. And yet, as you are very much aware, we are in a political uh, presidential uh, presidential election year here in the United States. Drug pricing will continue to be a key issue. It is often, fair to say, oversimplified by politicians and, and consumers. What do you expect will happen this year? What can you do to sort of help inform the debate so that it proceeds in, in, in a rational way. Yeah, so we've just released actually a report, an independent economic report on our worldwide activities. And in this report, you will see that uh, generics uh, in general, of course, lower healthcare costs, mm-hmm. and the generics that uh, we from Teva supplies to the American market actually in 2018 lowered the cost compared to the originator prices by 41.9 billion US dollars, a huge amount. And part of that was actually the patient out-of-pocket cost. So the patients in the U.S. saved $6 billion 
on not having to pay the high co-pays that goes with right. uh, with patented products. So, so are generics the answer? I mean, are generics the answer to sort of the drug pricing uh, conundrum? No, it's not the whole answer, but it's a big part of the answer, yeah. which is why more than 90% of all drugs consumed in the US are generics. Amazing. And generics are cheap. I mean, the US generic pricing has come down dramatically. It's now at a level where it's at the same level or below Europe. So, so you don't have this disparity that you're discussing. Then uh, on specialty products, it's a very complicated situation, as you said. There's a lot of payers, there's a lot of buyers, there's a lot of intermediates. Right. So it makes it very, very complex. There is no simple solution. I've been uh, supporting very much what also Pharma has bringing forward, that for sure transparency is good. Because mm -hmm. if you get more transparency on pricing, on rebates, that can only help making the system more efficient. I'm not saying it's the solution to everything, but I think at least it's something that could be done without any major harm to anybody. Right. And, and why would you not want transparency, you could say? Right. All right. I want to wrap up. Only got about a minute left. But, you know, having gone through this pretty dramatic restructuring, you're an experienced executive. What was the thing you learned the most uh, from sort of going through this process from taking the job, as you say, 10 days in, you sort of had a good sense that it was gonna work, but I have to think you learned something along the way. I think uh, I was confirmed in my sort of uh, gradual, stronger and stronger belief in that when you know something has to be done, you might as well do it as fast as possible because it will actually work better if you do it faster. Right, and what work do you have left to do? What's the big project you have left to do to really be able to look back and say, all right, success? So I got two really big uh, challenges left. One is to optimize our whole manufacturing, really optimize it. Mm -hmm. We've of course done a lot, but there's still a long way to go before we can say we have perfect logistics, we have perfect value chain optimization, we have perfect optimization of all the technologies we're using. So that's the one thing I really wanna achieve. And the other thing I want to achieve is to see some major new launches coming out of our pipeline and see the great products we have in Osteto and in Joey really grow to a global right. uh, strength and giving the benefits to patients worldwide from these new innovations. All right, Cor Schultz, thank you so much. Uh, really a pleasure to spend some time with you. CEO of Teva Pharmaceutical, based in Tel Aviv, here with me in New York City.